The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Uh, right now, though, uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to studio Julia Terreno. She is an account manager with Clear Story International. And with us as well is Edu, Edu uh, Giosante, who's the CEO and founder of eDublin. And the reason they are here is, I guess, Brazil has been in the news this week because there's this big general election uh, happening. Uh, and it has shone a light uh, to some degree on the Brazilian community in Ireland and just how many Brazilians have made Ireland home over the last 10 or 15 years. Years. Uh, Julia, it's good to see you. You're welcome to studio. Um, when did you move here? So I moved here in September 2018, so it'll be about four years now. Why did you move to Ireland? So I wanted to pursue a master's program and then after the master's you get like a graduate visa where you can try and get some work experience. So that's what I wanted to do. And yeah, it's worked out so far. Yeah. Um, and... The reason that you, like, was there, beyond the master's programme, was there a reason that you wanted to stay and work in Ireland rather than, say, another EU country? The UK, even at the time, was, well, it was still in the EU, but it was on the way out. Yeah, I suppose um, it's a good place to learn English and, like you said, to be in the EU. Um, And it's an European country. Like, obviously, we, even in Brazil, we have a lot of contact with the English language rather than Italian or other European languages. So it makes more sense to come to a country where one of the main languages is English instead of having to learn a completely new language from scratch. And, I mean, it is the international business language anyway, so... Uh, it just makes more sense to be in Ireland. Um, and like you said, the UK is no longer in the EU, so it just makes it a little more complicated. What did you know about Ireland before you moved here? Well, I had a lot of friends who actually lived here for a while before, again, because they were pursuing English studies. So they came and stayed for about six months or nine months, and they always said that they loved it. Uh, they said that culturally the people are similar and that they just had a really a lot of fun and that it's a welcoming country as well. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted what to What surprised you about Ireland when you moved here? Honestly, it surprised me how much of the Irish language is still around. Like, Really? <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was just English Like well, before I moved here. I didn't know. I wasn't expecting to see like street signs written in Irish and like <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so that was kind of surprising. <laughs> and have you learned any Irish? Um, well, I know a few words. Okay, I won't ask you. I won't. I won't embarrass you. I'd, I'd hate if someone asked me to speak Irish and Ireland. I spent about fourteen years learning it in school, so I won't put you on the spot. Um, I mean, that there is a sizable Brazilian population here. There has been for for several years. Now, sometimes that means that when people move to the country from Brazil, they, they kind of will surround themselves with other Brazilians. Have you been guilty of that, or have you befriended the natives? I actually, I think I've befriended the natives more than the Brazilian community. And after a while, I actually miss that because there is there's a lot of value in connecting with your community because it can be hard. I was here through COVID as well. And having these connections are important. So I kind of missed it a little bit. but so I guess I'm guilty of not connecting more. <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, as I mentioned, Edu is with us about Edu Ejiasante, the CEO and founder of E-Dublin. Edu, when did you move to Ireland? Uh, I moved here in 2008, so it's been a while. OK, and what was your situation at the time? Why did you move here? What was the plan? 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, if I give you the romantic answer, it won't make sense. So I'll be very honest. When I was planning to move abroad, I had no idea where Ireland was in the map. I had no <laughs> idea there was even like an English course here or anything like that. Uh, but really, um, when doing my research, you know, looking for places like Australia, New Zealand, uh, even US, someone said there's a place in Europe that they speak English. And you should look it up because it, it's cheaper than going to Australia or US. And when I found like, okay, Ireland, where is it? And to be very honest, I think a lot of people think that Ireland is Iceland and they will think it's somewhere <laughs> very cold up in the north. And it's not. I mean, it's still cold, but that was my kind of first reaction. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's going to be a new experience for, for me. So let's do it. So that's really how I, I got my mind into it. And what was the experience like then when you got here, when you realized it wasn't quite Iceland uh, that you had <laughs> landed in? What were those first few days and weeks like? They were incredible, but it was very different. They were very, very right. Uh, so again, back in 2008, there was no Instagram, no YouTube, no influencer creating content on any of that. And my only source of information was the actual government side and was quite hard to understand the language because the jargon and everything was really like, you know, uh, uh, formal. Uh, so when I came in here, I was like, oh, wow. All these streets are very alike and I'm going to get lost very, very quickly. And then that actually happened. I got lost very quickly uh, <laughs> walking around. And But I was surprised because everyone was really eager to help me because I was walking with the Dublin city map in my hands. And they were like, are you lost? Do you need help? And that was amazing because everyone was really friendly. Um, and the learning of English as well. I mean, did it take you a long time to get the hang of it to the point that you were comfortable with directions and with street signs and with reading government websites? And like Juliet, were you surprised at the fact that when you went onto those government websites, all of that information was there in Irish as well? <laughs> yeah, that was a, a sur- I actually, I thought initially, I, I, my English was really bad when I moved here. So I, that, I didn't know it was a language, it was like the Irish language. So I thought it was all in English and I couldn't just understand it. So I, I didn't distinguish the language at the time. Um, but yes, so remember that back then there was really nothing really to relate to or to compare to. So I think different from Julia, I didn't have like friends around or a way to figure out, figure things out. So I think it was a challenge for me to to really get to know what was going on or really to figure out what to do here um so in in that sense yeah mm. it was it was everything was new to me everything was brand brand new and what are the similarities between brazil and ireland be that in people or culture or anything else um i think we both love to have fun. Uh, I think we complain about our country the same way, but we hate when someone else try and complain about our countries or <laughs> talk badly about us. Um, I think there's one difference, which is uh, you probably will see a lot of Brazilians having fun without a, a, a lot of drinks. And I think there there's something that we feel like I think is just natural for us. But I, I love how the Irish are very, very friendly and it's very easy to just go anywhere and just talk to someone. Uh, so I think there's similarities around being friends and having like this companionship and having fun together, complaining about the country together, uh, uh, and being also very protective at the same time of each other. Julia, how volatile is the political situation in Brazil then at the moment? Oh, very. <laughs> Especially now after the first round of elections. Um, I think until we have the second round that's on the 30th, it's going to be a very uh, polarized time for the next two weeks. Uh, it's It was getting pretty dangerous as well, well during the campaign trail leading up to the election. Um, so it's 
I'll, I'd be curious to see how it goes, but it's not. It's very, very volatile right now. Yeah, and listen, I'm not going to ask anyone to 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 necessarily express their own political preferences, but I suppose you know we we we'd be much more au fait with what is happening politically in somewhere like the United States because of the common language. And one feature there of discourse over the last few years has been that polarization and everybody kind of retreating to their kind of their tribes uh, on either side of the debate. And and I do hear people remark that it is something similar in Brazil, that, you know, that that polarization, you know, has really embedded in society. Is that fair? Yeah, that's definitely happened. Um, You can really see it, like, especially online, I guess. Um, But it is very polarized uh, right now. People feel very passionately about it for either one of the candidates, I suppose. Um, but I guess similarly to the US, Bolsonaro does have some very strong Trump vibes as well. Um, so even people were talking about if Lula had won in the first round, some people were afraid that Bolsonaro was going to try to pull the same thing that Trump tried to pull with uh, this January 6th insurrection. So, uh, but yeah, well, that hasn't happened, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, now, Edu, how, how would you describe the situation? How volatile do you think it is? Yeah, I think Julia is spot on. Uh, it's definitely something that's creating a lot of these silos on each part. So you're either like left or right. Um, if I can share like some of the good news is that here in Ireland, we actually had one of the highest representations percentage wise uh, of voters. So we are currently have 12,000 uh, Brazilians who can vote in Ireland. And we had 7,000 people showing up on Sunday and, and staying like three plus hours in the queue because there was just one place to vote. And, and this is the highest percentage in the entire Europe, which is really, really good. And I think the most of all is that even though it was quite explicit that you could see who was voting and, you know, and because of the colors and so on, there was zero violence, absolutely zero violence. And, and I, I'd love to see this happening in Brazil as well, where people were just highly engaged, but in the way that there's no violence. And, and this is probably like one of the good parts that we got out of being, you know, abroad. Julia, to, to kind of focus attention then back on Ireland uh, before we wrap things up, I suppose, uh, you know, for people who who, who are welcoming of, of other cultures and other people and, and inward migration and all that brings to society, it's almost the second and third generations are, are great to see when you've got like kids with, you know, Brazilian surnames, whatever it happens to be, down in the local GAA pitch or playing football or rugby, whatever they happen to be playing. And, you know, they've got the Irish accent. They sound like they're from kind of Gert or somewhere else in in the world. I mean, we, we've kind of gotten to that point with Brazilian. Like I mentioned, it's kind of 15, 20 years now we're talking about sizable enough from an Irish point of view, not sizable in terms of the population of Brazil, but sizable from an Irish point of view, the number is moving here. Uh, yeah, of course. I think like Edu was saying, we have like 12,000 Brazilians who can vote here, but I think overall there's like 70,000. So that's a lot of people and we do integrate really well. And honestly, I moved in 2018 and I don't see myself moving back. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens within uh, the next few years. Edu, uh, how long before we have someone with the Brazilian surname lifting the Sam Maguire or the Lee McCarthy <laughs> in Croke Park? Right, and that's what I was saying. Like, I'm still in high hopes that we're going to get like a really amazing football team coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Why, why am I talking about Gaelic games? Exactly. Exactly. I'm speaking to Brazilians here. We should. It should be the the Jules Rimet Trophy or whatever they call the modern version. <laughs> exactly. You want to see a World Cup? Like, I mean, maybe quarterfinals again? Who knows? 
Yeah, well, listen, uh, uh, we, we would love to see it, uh, absolutely, and we would be cheering them on. And listen, thank you both very much. But really interesting to chat, Julia. It's been great to see you, Julia Terreno, account manager for Clear Story International, and Eddie, Ed, Ed, my apologies, Edu Giusante, the CEO and the founder of E Dublin. Uh, lots still to come here on the hard shoulder, but first. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.